ready for tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Speak Life with Marty Lee. Welcome to Speak Life. It's always an honor to minister to you the word of the Lord for this hour. You know, we welcome you here. We want you to feel like this place is your place and this is your uh, your channel. This is your uh, place to be inspired and to be encouraged. And, uh, you know, it's a place where we speak life. That's exactly what we endeavor to do, uh, to speak the life of God into your soul. You, David wrote in Psalm 23, he restores and he refreshes my soul. Amen. And that's uh, what one word from God can do for you in speaking life to you. Amen. Uh, Solomon wrote, like apples of gold in settings of silver, <clears throat> God's word fitly spoken unlocks the, the riches deep in our soul, you know. And, uh, and so God restores the soul when we speak life. Amen. And when someone speaks life to you and uh, when God releases the word of the Lord to you, it releases vision for your future and uh, inspires you for your destiny and your purpose. And that's what we do here at Speak Life. And so we welcome you to the broadcast today. Uh, this is Holy Week, uh, when we reflect on a place called Calvary. And had it not been for the old rugged cross, had it not been for Jesus Christ and his completed work on that cross, where would I be? Where would we be? David also wrote in Psalm 23, Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. And I will dwell, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Keeping in mind, Jesus rose from the dead, that we would live and dwell with him forever. And at this time of the year, you can sense throughout the earth the breath of heaven and the fragrance of Christ. I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice that the presence of the Lord would fill them right now, body, soul, and spirit, restoring and refreshing their souls. And I pray that you would release your love and your light and your destiny, Lord. We are forever amazed at your wonderful affection for your people. And today, as I pray, Father, we bow before your throne and I receive, uh, we receive healing, which your word says is the bread that you, you pre- prepared for your children, healing. And we receive cleansing by your blood that absolves us and delivers us. And even many throughout the world whose hearts have grown cold are feeling the warmth of your embrace right now, Jesus. And in this season, this holy week, this, this holy time of the year, uh, they're kneeling in their hearts at the foot of the cross, your cross, Jesus. So say this with me now, those of you within the sound of my voice, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I bow before your majestic throne. I receive your forgiveness today. I receive healing for my life and for my family. I receive deliverance from all evil. I receive wholeness in every area of my life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I receive the destiny, the future, the purpose that you prepared me for. Now let your blood that was shed for me cleanse us now, I pray. And I receive a full pardon as I commit my life to you, Jesus. And I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. It's in your matchless name I pray, Jesus. Amen 
and amen. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Jesus, I thank you for the many who are now saved and the many who have rededicated themselves to you. You came as a man, Jesus, taking off your deity and becoming a little lower than the angels, the Bible says, for our sake, to seek and save that which was lost, God's perfect man and man's perfect God. And Lord, I thank you that your blood is still the most powerful force. I thank you that by your precious blood, you forgive and you heal and you restore And you still receive broken hearts and damaged souls. And you still redeem and renew lives today. And so we bow before you now and thank you for your sweet love, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, welcome to Speak Life today. I've spent many hours this week in prayer and in the presence of the Lord all week and and even all day today, praying for you praying for our nation, America the Beautiful. I believe God is doing something unusual for his people in this hour. And God reminded me of his words several months back, that there are two companies of mama bears that he's awakening right now, one in the church and one outside the church. And God is fanning into flame the fire in the hearts of these mama bears to protect their cubs, their children. I remember this word specifically. And the Lord said, these mama bears will begin to fight in the natural, and they'll fight in the spirit. And when they pray, everything will turn around. And just like Pontius Pilate's wife, who, by the way, was outside of the church, uh, she had a dream and emphatically told her husband and directed Pilate to wash his hands of the matter. And many mama bears, I believe, are having dreams right now and speaking to their husbands and turning the hearts of their husbands who are true decision makers right now, causing them to wash their hands of the evil that they have known and have had their hands involved with. And in doing so, many will come forth, turning on the establishment and say, I know what happened and this is what I know. But now I wash my hands of this and I will not continue to be a part of this conspiracy. And the Lord says, now the turnaround will occur And the reversal in the tide of battle, as they begin to turn on one another, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you, God is never late. He's right on time every time, uh, uh, all the time. Amen. And God spoke that to me earlier today, and he reminded me of that word. And, you know, I just believe the Spirit of God is moving behind the scenes. You may not see it on your headlines yet. You may not see it happening uh, because God's doing something covertly, uh, but he's working behind the scenes. I believe it's a, the, the time for mama bears to rise up and use their voice, amen, as God said. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes people wonder what God is doing, uh, but God doesn't always telegraph his plans. He's very uh, a very methodical and very strategic how he does what he does. And, uh, you know, I remember another word that God said, I'll even have those uh, news reporters saying what I want them to say. And even this past week, there's been so many things on the news uh, uh, outlets that have, I'm surprised they're saying some of the things that they're saying. Uh, Although I shouldn't be surprised because I prophesied it. They're saying things uh, that you would have thought they'll never say that, Uh, but they're saying it now. 
And uh, so I just want to challenge you. Don't give up on God. He's never late. He's right on time, every time, all the time. Amen. Uh, This is a season, I believe, of honoring God and worshiping him for the victory that he's already won. Amen. And that's the power of the prophetic word. It shifts everything right on time. And it's all about the kingdom of God. That's what everything is about, the kingdom of God. And we can get so caught up in our own little opinions and our own timing and our own understanding. And God always has a higher plan and a way and a timing uh, of bringing his word to pass his way and in his timing. You know, I, you remember in scripture, Lazarus, and I've spent a lot of time in that recently, uh, but how Jesus said this sickness will not end in death. And so they knew Lazarus would, would somehow recover and not die. And then they heard the word that, uh, 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 and had it all figured out. Uh, they heard Jesus say that and they had it all figured out. But Lazarus actually worsened and then died. And he was buried and in the grave for four days. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. And he already knew within himself what details uh, what all the details were and how this would happen and when this would happen and uh, the reasoning behind everything happening the way it happened. And uh, everyone else in the church uh, at, at that day, the church world, it looked like Jesus totally missed it. Wow, what a prophecy Jesus gave that he blew it and it didn't come to pass. Uh, but after their religious expectations were all upset, uh, and coming to the end of what they could all figure out, Jesus shows up and he resurrects Lazarus. And he and the word that he gave was this sickness would not end in death. And the sickness did not end, end up in death, end his life in death, but life. And so God knows how to turn everything around. And although things may look one way right now, uh, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is moving. God has something else in mind breaking out of religious ideologies and getting back to uh, uh, relationship with God the Father, the giver of all life. Uh, You know, this is a picture of what is happening today. I want to encourage you to have an expectation of God turning everything around right now. Our part is not to uh, give up. And, 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 you know, Isaiah uh, 30 Isaiah 40, 31, it says, Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. But right before that, it says, uh, The people of God start getting weary. And even the strongest one, the young, uh, will, will get weary and faint and start passing out. Uh, but those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And so there is uh, a biblical precedence for the people of God getting weary and, uh, and, and wondering what in the world is going on, just like they did on day four uh, when Lazarus was uh, passed away and buried. Our part is not to doubt God. Our part is to believe Him and trust Him and to honor Him. That's why I say I believe this is a time of honoring God. And uh, there's a word that we've heard before. Uh, the word is cult. Some people say, listen, I can't be a part of that cult uh, I've heard of this stuff before. You know, the word cult has been thrown around uh, against religion and against uh, religious people by, listen, uh, religious people that don't understand. And uh, it has represented 
Uh, the word cult has represented obsessive extremism in religious devotion. Really, the etymology or the root of this word, uh, where it comes from, is the same as culture. Uh, it's a, like a shortened version of the word culture, just like uh, when we say someone is right, it's, it's a shortened version of the word righteous. And so the word cult is a shortened version of the word culture. And some people in other countries may think that our football culture is a cult you know, because of the obsessive and extreme devotion, like a religious commitment. They're not going to miss a game. You know, you've seen the same pictures I've seen when people are sitting in three, four inches of snow just to watch football, right? You know, anything can become an idol when taken to the extreme. And people have questions about certain practice, practices and and everything that is unfamiliar to them. But the word cult uh, also comes from the, what well, comes from the root word cultists. And uh, it basically means the worship of one's own beliefs. The worship of one's own beliefs. And, and there can be an elevating of, of what someone believes as the only way, especially in, in charismatic and Pentecostal circles. Uh, the worship of one's own beliefs, as if they can decide that if somebody doesn't do it like I do, they're not going to make it into heaven. You know, sometimes people get caught up in all that, and these opinions can actually become cultish. Uh, the worship of one's own belief, let me just finish what that definition is before the worship of God. In other words, God can and will do things outside of what you think is the only way that something can come to pass. And the key is to worship God, honor God, trust uh, that if he said it, he's going to bring it to pass however he desires, just like Lazarus on day four. Our job is to worship him, to trust him, even when it doesn't fit into our current understanding. Amen? Isn't that good? I think many people will be surprised when they get to heaven and see who all is there. <clears throat> Doubting Thomas asked Jesus a brilliant question, in my opinion. Uh, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or many dwelling places. Uh, if it were not so, I would have told you. And then he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and where I go you know, and you know the way, the way you know. And Doubting Thomas pipes up and says, Lord, we don't know the way. How can we know the way? And Jesus says 18 words that break every religious cultish barrier. Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm so glad Doubting Thomas asked that brilliant question. Because that statement right there crushes every other religion, every other religious argument, every cultish barrier. It crushes it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm declaring to you tonight, don't be troubled by what is happening in the world around you. Jesus has already prepared a way for you and I so that we can overcome and live a life of triumph and victory regardless of what things may look like around you. You don't have to have it all figured out. 
everything doesn't have to fit into our little religious boxes. You know, people are asking, is this the end times? Having every eschatological question figured out isn't a necessary ingredient right now. Knowing Jesus, worshiping him, is the only necessary ingredient. Walking by faith and not by sight. Living a life of faith. Living by faith. You know, remember the thief on the cross that was next to Jesus. He was struggling and dying in pain just like Jesus was, just like the guy on the other side was. But one, the one that was, uh, uh, had the right heart was repentant, and he recognized Jesus as the Savior Messiah. And Jesus said to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. Not worrying about his religious affiliations, uh, his religious concepts, not, not talking about his lifestyle or all that he had done prior to that moment. He just simply identified with Jesus and worshipped him as the Messiah, as the Savior, as the one who would make the way where there is no way. And the truth, that truth is the same for us today. Amen? You just have to trust in the Lord. And so I want to take a moment and talk about resurrection life. We are celebrating Passover. Uh, this is Good Friday. Uh, we're celebrating Easter, Passover, and, and I want to talk about the resurrection power of God that's displayed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a historical fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day, just as he said, and just as it was prophesied. That is historical fact. Roman history shows that. Uh, Jewish history shows that. Biblical history shows that. It is undeniable. Uh, But how does that affect us today? How does the resurrection affect us today? You know, in the same conversation Jesus was having with Doubting Thomas and the other disciples about not being troubled and, and, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Further on down in verse 19, uh, Jesus says, A little while longer uh, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Think about that. Because I live, you will live also. When you die, you will not taste death. You will live in eternity with Jesus. But also in this life you will live. Many are convinced that in the sweet by and by, when we cross over the Jordan, we'll make it through the pearly gates, and then we'll have the good life. Then we'll have what Jesus promised. But what about the here and now? Listen, what I'm teaching to you today, this is very important. I want you to grab hold of this. Jesus lived a life full of abundance. Let me say that again. He lived a life full of abundance. He was wealthy, he was prosperous, and he lived an abundant life. You know, they gambled for his clothes at the foot of the cross. Not, not everybody uh, gambles for clothes, uh, but they were gambling. His clothes were such high quality. I call it Armani, uh, the Armani robe. It was a seamless robe that was woven out of one thread from top to bottom, amazing quality. Uh, That was very wealthy, uh, very wealthy clothing. Uh, Jesus uh, frequently uh, covered all the bills for his entire staff of 12 men and their families. 
he frequently fed many people, and there's many accounts of Jesus taking care of multitudes of people. That's why when he fed the 5,000, Jesus said, "Uh, what do you have? And uh, what do we have? Let's, let's get them some food. And uh, uh, they, they said, we don't, we don't have anything but a, a little boy's lunch, five little pita breads, and two sardines. What do you want us to do? And uh, because Judas had the bag, uh, Judas was the ministry treasurer or the CFO of the ministry, and he was uh, taking money out of the ministry constantly. And so Jesus... Had, he lived a very wealthy, very prosperous life. His life was full of abundance. And this life of abundance caused miracles to happen wherever he went. Whenever it came to triumphantly entering into Jerusalem, Jesus said, go to this place, uh, get the unbroke colt and donkey, and tell them the master has need of it. The Lord needs it. And we talked about this last week. Uh, imagine if you went to someone today and said, I need this beautiful new undriven BMW or Maserati or Lamborghini, and I need this Land, o- Land Rover uh, because Jesus needs it, right? Uh, what, we wouldn't get away with that today, but because Jesus was the example of right alignment, right timing, right order in his life, prosperity, blessing, and abundance just came to him. Good things were already lined up for him. Amen. So here's the principle. Good things happen for those who walk in God's will and walk God's way. Good things will happen for those who walk God's will, walk in God's will and in God's way. If you're rebellious and you buck against whatever God's telling you to do and living the way God wants you to live... If you're allowing things to continue in your life that you know God doesn't want you to continue in, uh, then you're going to have a struggle. You're not going to have things lined up and, and timely and, and prepared in abundance for you when you get there. You're going to struggle. But God will always work all these things out for those who walk in his way and walk in his will for their lives. You know, I have uh, uh, a family member uh, that has wrestled with serving the Lord the, his entire life. And because of that, he's had difficulty his entire life. Now, we, were, we grew up in the same house. <clears throat> we, uh, we heard the same sounds. We, we had the same parenting. Um, but I chose to walk in God's will and God's way, and he chose to wrestle against it and fight against it, and do his own thing, and he is not prosperous. He doesn't have good things happening for him. Things don't go the right way for him. It's always a struggle, Uh, and you know, we've had uh, many talks about how to reconcile this, how to fix this, and how to live God's way. It's just a personal decision that he made, and so the principle is good things happen for those who walk in his will and his way, Anything outside of that, you're going to struggle. Uh, So resurrection has always been a part of God's expression of power. Uh, I say that because you you have to tie all this together and understand that you have uh, the ability to live in a much higher level of life available to you. Ask yourself, am I living 
uh, below my inheritance level? Am I living below what God has provided for me? Uh, all things are possible for them who believe. So are you believing for the right things? And let me say this again. Resurrection has always been a part of God's toolbox. It's the part of God's expression of power. And so Elijah knew this. Uh, Elisha as well. They both raised a child from death to life. Uh, in both cases, both mothers uh, were sowing into the prophets sacrificially. And uh, in Elisha's case, uh, he was so blessed uh, by this woman and her husband uh, that he received his own condo custom built for him uh, so that whenever he came through town, he had his own condo to live in, a great place, much better than any hotel room that he could have rented. And uh, after a while, he tells his servant, can you dig around and find out what I can do for her? And he comes back and he says, listen, she has no children, but she really desires one. And so Elisha, he prays for the prophet's reward. The prophet's reward is God releasing to you the miracle that money cannot buy. And I'm telling you, when you connect to a prophet and you take serious your commitment before God in blessing the prophet of God, whoever the prophet may be. I'm not saying for me. I'm just saying there are many prophets in the world today, and God will align you with a prophet because he wants you aligned with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So when if God puts you under a prophet, uh, be faithful to bless. Uh, and so Elisha prays and about this uh, woman who has no children. She's wealthy. She's well-connected. Uh, she has uh, connections in the city. She's very powerful, and uh, but she doesn't have a child. That's the one thing that money cannot buy, uh, and that's what the prophet's reward is, the miracle that money cannot buy. And so Elisha uh, prays, and he gets the word of the Lord for her, and he says to her, by this time next year, you will have a son. <clears throat> and she says, listen, don't toy with me. I don't, I don't play those religious games and he says no by this time next year you'll have a, you'll be holding your son and when he uh, when a year goes by it definitely happens and she bears a son and so about 12 years later when he's older he's out working in the field with his father he gets heat stroke and they take him back to the house uh, back to the mom and uh, and he passes away and so the mom is a mama bear like i said and she, uh, uh, her response really is a great lesson for all of us today. Remember, we're talking about resurrection life. She takes her son to the prophet and says, I was faithful uh, to give to you and to be a blessing to you. Now you must do something for me. She doesn't even talk to her husband about it. She doesn't waste any time. She just says, get my chariot ready. I'm going to the prophet. So she goes to the prophet and says all these things to him and uh, says, you got to do something about this. And so listen, part of the prophetic anointing is resurrection power. Part of the prophetic anointing, and I say that to very clearly say, uh, you'll see prophets raising the dead in Scripture more than anything else, more than anyone else, any other gift. So prophets, part of their anointing is raising the dead, resurrection power. And as you, as you connect to prophetic, uh, to the prophets, to prophetic ministry. And I don't believe in, in being a, um, 
uh, a, a someone that roams around the body of Christ. You have no part of your body that roams around your body. Uh, and so God wants you fitly joined together. That's what Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4. We're supposed to be fitly joined together right where God wants us. That doesn't mean you're one day here and one day over here and one day in this part of the body and one day in this part of the body. No, God wants you fitly joined together under the grace gift that he's aligned you under. And so as a part of the prophet's mantle, the, the resurrection power of Christ is released through that uh, ministry gift. It's also released through apostles. And so the prophetic anointing is resurrection power. Part of it is resurrection power to bring back to life what the enemy has tried to kill. I mean, make that point very clear. Resurrection power is not just raising someone from the dead, but it's raising anything from the dead to bring back to life what the enemy has tried to kill. I've given many words to people, and I've seen them receive great businesses, great blessings, great breakthroughs. Uh, and then the enemy tries to stop it, stop their finances, stop their business, stop their breakthrough. And there is great evil in our world, but there's also great grace that abounds even more. So why do some people only see bad instead of the potential for God's promise of resurrection life? Solomon wrote this, that there's a time and there's a season for every purpose under heaven. A time for sowing, a time for reaping, a time for war, a time for peace, a time to die, and a time to live. Listen, you're not supposed to live in just one season for the rest of your life. You're supposed to experience breakthrough. You're supposed to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from level to level. And so the ministry of the prophet can shift the seasons for you by the word of the Lord. Jesus died so you can live and have access to his resurrection power. So the life of Christ will destroy the death that is in whatever situation you're facing, in your finances, in your relationship, in whatever. And as one of God's prophets, God spoke through me on August 21st in 2020, and I prophesied that this COVID pandemic was over it would totally be removed once and for all, and then there would be a surge of restoration back to life. No more death, we decree life. And I want you to look around you. COVID is over, just as the Lord said, and now there is a surge of restoration that is happening. Life is breaking out all over the place. Resurrection life, abundant life. So when this woman that Elisha prayed for, when her son passed away, the mother tapped into that prophetic mantle, that resurrection life, that is part of the prophet's reward. And so when your prophetic promise is under attack, let me just challenge you, tap into the life that is in the prophetic reward. Let's talk quickly again about Lazarus. In John chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Now it was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. You remember the sacrifice, breaking the alabaster box, whose brother Lazarus was sick. <clears throat> Therefore, 
the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. I love that because some people get upset and think it's a lack of faith if they catch a cold or they get sick and think God doesn't love them. Something's wrong in my life. God doesn't love me. I'm dealing with this symptom or I'm dealing with this challenge. I'm dealing with this situation. God must not love me. That's a lie. It's not true. What is true is we live in a fallen world and the enemy is on the loose looking to attack. But we have been given all authority through Christ to bind the enemy, to stop his work, and to cast him out of every situation. So God loving you and you loving God, listen, that's not enough. You've got to be able to stand in your authority and you've got to stand in the power of Christ. Jesus said the greatest of, of these is love, right? Uh, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Apostle Paul wrote, uh, faith, hope, and love, uh, the greatest of these is love. But in the purposes of God, we will face different challenges for different reasons because the enemy is on the loose. But all these things, according to Romans eight twenty eight, all these things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So God does not put sickness on anyone. By Jesus' stripes, we are already healed, and that is the final authority of God's word. But God can grow your faith in the midst of any and every challenge that you may face to strengthen you to become more like him. It has nothing to do with God's love for you or your love for him. It has to do with you rising up and becoming stronger and, and facing off with the enemy. God's not al allowing the enemy to do anything. The enemy is loose, and uh, the heaven belongs to the Lord. The earth he has given to man. And so we have the authority over all, all these things. Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so it, and, uh, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever things you bind on earth are bound in heaven. Whatsoever things you loose on earth are loosed in heaven. You've got to be the one to do the binding and the loosing. You've got to be the one to face off with the gates of hell. You've got to be the one that goes into territory and drives out the enemy and establishes the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? And so God uses all these things to grow your faith in the midst of any and every challenge you may face to make you more like him and to strengthen your spiritual muscles, your faith muscles. Amen. Listen, this is what speak life is all about, to release the prophetic anointing into your life, that revelatory anointing, that revelation from God so that there is not just a, a word that's in your brain, but a living word on the inside of you that's active and, and authoritative that you can speak with, with your own mouth from your own heart with the authority of Christ, speak life. The power of life and death is in the tongue and it, we're called to speak life. Amen. And so you can no matter what you're, no matter what you are on, um, no matter what path you are on, uh, you can know you're on the right path of life, confidently doing what God has called you and created you to do in this life. If you'll tap into the truth of God's 
revelation in your life, God speaking things, and you begin to walk where God walks, God tells you to walk, do what God tells you to do, be obedient, and you're on the right path. Amen? And so you'll be in the right place at the right time for the right reason in the right season. So John John chapter 11 and verse 4, it says, When Jesus heard, when Jesus heard about Lazarus being sick, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So he had a prophetic word facing this uh, huge challenge. He had a prophetic word that God was going to do something for his glory and for the, that the Son of God would be glorified. This thing that you're facing, let me tell you, give you a prophetic word right now. This thing that you're facing is not unto death. It is not unto death. It's a prophetic word for some of you. In your finances, in your relationships, in your body, in your business, and whatever, you're, whatever challenge you're facing, it's, it is going to turn around for you. This situation is not unto death. If you'll grab hold of that, You'll find the faith to fight through and and obtain the victory. You've got to grab hold of the Word of God and believe it, hope against hope. Uh, No matter what it looks like, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? This is the prophetic I'm talking about. When When you know your prophetic assignment and something comes against you, you face it head on and you declare this, thus saith the Lord. Remember in the Garden of Eden, the serpent came up to Eve and said, asked her the first question ever asked in the Bible is the serpent asking Eve, hath God said, is this really what God said to you? Is this, do you really believe what God said? Do you believe that that's a true word? Maybe God missed it when he said that to you, or maybe you misunderstood something here or get you to reason Carnally reason out some things and get out of the spirit and into the carnal, right? And so, but when you know in your heart and you've got a revelation in your heart, this is my prophetic assignment, and something comes against it, you face it head on and you declare, This is not going to be the death of this assignment. I decree life. I speak life. I declare that I will triumph and I will finish my course for this assignment. And whatever you're doing, fight the challenges with the promises of God. So Jesus prophetically decrees what he knows in his heart, God spoke to him. What he knows and believes the outcome will be. We talked about this last week, calling those things which be not as though they already were. This sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God would be glorified through it. Listen, that's what's happening when you're facing challenges. It's not unto death, but for the glory of God, that you, the Son or daughter of God, would be glorified through it. When you get the victory and you slay the giant and you're standing there uh, uh, with the spoils of war, God gets glory and you're glorified through it too. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus always walked in abundance. He walked in abundant life. He walked in resurrection life. And remember, Jesus stayed two days after he received the news of Lazarus's sickness. And so Mary and Martha had to deal 
uh, uh, deal with these emotions and work through delay. Delay. Let me just tell you again, your setback could just be a setup for your great comeback and for God to be glorified. Your setback could possibly just be a setup for your great comeback and for God to be glorified. That's why he could say this sickness is not unto death. When you're faced with the challenge, that prophetic word will rise up within you and God say, this is not what I said. What I said is this. And you can look at it and say, this is not unto death. I just believe somebody's getting a revelation that this word is for you. Amen. Yes, this is the Holy Spirit declaring it to you in your heart. You will ultimately have victory over it. I see somebody right now wrestling uh, with a business decision. Do I close the business down? Do I shut it down and move on? No, fight the good fight of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Fight through. God's going to make a way for you. Don't close it down. Don't shut the doors. Don't give up. I know I know. it looks like you're going into the negative. I know it looks like you're going into reverse. Uh, but listen, have you ever seen those cars going down the street and and the uh, you look at the the wheels uh, inside of the tire and it actually looks like they're going backwards, but you know good and well you're you're moving forward. That's the picture of what you're looking at. It may seem like you're going backwards, but actually you're moving fast forward right now. And God is working behind the scenes to save that business and to bless you in the process. God's going to get the glory. And you're going to be blessed in the process. This will not end in death, but ultimately you're going to walk in victory in, and have, hold the spoils of war in your hands, says the Lord. Amen. So Mary and Martha, they face a divine delay. Jesus says two more days. And so let me just say this. Maybe some, someone out there right now is facing a divine delay and you're tempted to give up. You're thinking, this, I, I, this should have happened already. Don't give up. Hold on. Jesus is still coming through for you. Amen? The, this is just a divine delay. God is stretching your faith, stretching you out. You know, you have to resist the temptation uh, to give up and go a different direction. Resist the temptation to do something different. Stand firm. Stand and see the salvation of God. You don't need to fight in this battle. God's fighting it for you. You know, um, the Lord's bringing to my mind right now in the book of Ruth. Uh, Ruth was in a very desperate situation. Uh, and they, Ruth and Naomi would go out into the fields uh, at night after they had harvested, uh, after the harvesters harvested everything. And, uh, and they would pick up scraps. Uh, and this was kind of a, a, a principle in, in, in uh, Israel, uh, always leaving a little behind uh, for those that were homeless and those that were poor. And so Naomi and Ruth would go and they would, uh, they would glean from the fields after the harvesters left. They would get a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, but what happened in their desperate situation was God began, God didn't speak to Naomi and God didn't speak to Ruth. God spoke to somebody else about Naomi and Ruth. And he said, who is that, who is that uh, covenant daughter out there? And um, so, well, it's one of the poor people that glean afterwards. He said, I want you to leave more behind. 
I'm giving you a prophetic word. Some of you are in a situation where you're uh, facing a divine delay and you're ready to give up. But Jesus is, and you don't feel like the Lord's talking to you, but Jesus is talking to someone else about you. He's talking to someone else about you and telling them to leave stuff behind for you. And let me tell you the end of the story. I mean, uh, Ruth ended up owning that field that she was gleaning from. There is a breakthrough coming for you, and you're going to see God turn things around so rapidly. Don't give up. Jesus is talking to someone else about you, but then he's turning everything around to bless you. Amen. All right, let me get back to John chapter 11 and verse 6. It says, so when he heard that, when he heard that uh, Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, his disciples, uh, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, uh, teacher or rabbi, <clears throat> lately the Jews sought to stone you. Do you remember that? And you want to go there again? And uh, Jesus, he already knows this thing is not going to end in death. Isn't that what he said? This will not end in death. So he already knows they're not going to stone him. God already spoke to him. This situation will not end in death. God is in this moment. This sickness is not going to end in death. This trip is not going to end in death. We're going back over to Lazarus. He's believing now for resurrection power to be released because he already knows what is going to happen to him. He knows that he's going to the cross. He knows that he has a future and a purpose and a destiny to fulfill. They're not going to stone him. God's already speaking to him uh, prophetic words beyond this moment. God's spoken to you prophetic words beyond this moment of challenge that you're facing. This will not end in death. And so he's going to be raised from the dead. He knows this. And maybe Lazarus, maybe with Lazarus, Jesus is communicating something by the anointing to his disciples. Maybe he's imprint, imprinting them and saying, remember this. When I'm in the grave, remember this moment. I will arise after three days. You know, when I was about 20 years old, uh, I was 19 or 20 years old. I was eating in a McDonald's. Uh, in Homestead, Florida, where I grew up, and and uh, I, I, let me let me change that. I was 18 years old. Now I know clearly. Uh, I was 18 years old, and uh, I was eating at a McDonald's in Homestead, Florida. And uh, you know, I it was when they had the dollar menu, and you could get you know quite a bit for a couple dollars. And so I was being uh, frugal and eating my lunch there. And this elderly Asian man. Uh, was in line at the McDonald's and he got his food and he sat down in the table next to me and he was eating and he started choking. And then he fell over and stopped breathing and he was dead right on the floor right next to me. And so I grabbed him by the hand just without even thinking because I was so caught up in in uh, in the Lord at the moment. I grabbed his hand without even thinking. I commanded him to come back to life. And to my embarrassment, nothing happened. And everybody saw me pray, and everybody saw nothing happened. Now, a doctor happened to be there, and the doctor started working on him, pumping his chest. I thought he was choking on, on food or something, but he had had a heart attack. 
and he died on the spot. And the doctor was working on his, pumping his chest, working on him, trying to get him back to life. Uh, but the man was dead and gone. And the doctor took his coat off, put it over his face and his torso, uh, and left him covered up while we were waiting for the ambulance. And so <clears throat> I wasn't about to give up. I was very zealous and I had the fire of God inside of me, and I sat on the floor next to him, and I grabbed his hand again, and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come back to life. And before the ambulance parked, he got up, sat up, took a very deep breath, and the doctor came over and helped him up. Now that is resurrection power, resurrection life. I'll tell you another story. I was in a restaurant here in Nashville uh, when we, right after we uh, um, started the church. And, and, and uh, so this was about 25 years ago. Uh, I was in a restaurant called The Cookery or The Cooker or something like that uh, with my wife and my children uh, and some church members here in Nashville right after church. And uh, as we finally were getting uh, seated, uh, a child that was standing in line in front of us began choking in an epileptic fit. Now, they were a Hindu family, uh, and they were crying, and they were calling out to their Hindu god with no results. And I remember specifically the words that they were saying. It was very, uh, it, there was a whole lot of heaviness around that. But this child was, I, I'm going to say, less than two years old. Uh, was in this epileptic fit, and uh, and just uh, frothing at the mouth and and not breathing and and uh, and they were crying out and calling out to their God and nothing was happening happening, and the baby finally stopped convulsing and stopped breathing, and I went over to them and I said, I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe that Jesus Christ can raise your child back up. Can I pray for your baby in Jesus' name? And they immediately said yes. Once I touched the baby, I could feel the cold uh, death in that skin. I knew the baby had passed away. Now my wife and my children are standing there, church members are standing there, and as soon as I touched the baby, I knew the baby was no longer there. And so I commanded the child to come back to life in the name of Jesus Christ. And nothing happened. And I continued to pray in tongues right there in public in front of everybody, loudly praying in the Holy Ghost and commanding life to this child. And after about three minutes, the baby took a deep breath and began crying Pastor Tracy and I uh, uh, laid hands and, and patted the father and mother and uh, comforted them for a moment. And, uh, and then the father stepped away from us, took out these Hindu necklaces or something with, with pictures on them and paper things all over them and began saying something in another language. Actually, it sounded like almost like in tongues. Uh, and the baby started convulsing again. And, and a, a nurse was nearby and came over and began working with the baby. 
And then the mother came over to me and said, can you please come pray for Jesus to help us? And again, the baby had stopped breathing and had stopped moving. And I laid my hands on the baby and I prayed. And peace came over the baby. It was a little baby girl. And she started, she opened her eyes, she started breathing and acting normal all over again. Right about that time, the ambulance pulled up. And the family and the nurse went into the ambulance and to the hospital. Uh, now we were being ushered to our to our table where we spent about the next hour eating. And uh, we were finishing up our dinner. And then the nurse comes back into the restaurant and comes over to our table and said, I am a Christian too. And on the way to the hospital, I led that family to Jesus they're now saved, and their baby is fine. It's an amazing thing. You have access to resurrection power. Two other times, God used me to raise other people from the dead. You know, three years ago today, this is April fifteenth, 2022. Three years ago today, I received a death sentence from the doctors. I was, it was part of the first wave of covid they didn't know what it was. They asked me if I had been out of the country because they were, uh, that I had some sort of a virus that they had never seen before, and they, it had to have been something out of, from out of the country, and I hadn't been out of the country. Uh, I had been on a, a plane uh, to Florida and back, and, and I knew that there was someone who was uh, sick on the plane next to me uh, on my flight back. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> I didn't know what was happening, and and they said to me, uh, "You've your heart is working less than five percent, and uh, we're not sure what to do. Uh, you've lived all that you can live uh, in this condition, and uh, and and we're going to do everything we can." Uh, and so, after twenty eight days in the hospital, make the long story short. Uh, after open heart surgery, the doctor's telling me three different times I was going to die and there was nothing they could do about it. I arose victorious over death. Today I fully recovered. Why? Because I believe Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. And that same resurrection power, that same life is available to you today. I believe the church in Jesus' name can raise the dead. What is in your life right now that is dead or dying? Is it a financial thing that's dead and dying? Is it a business that's dead or dying? Is it a job situation? Uh, is it a relationship? Whatever it is, you can practice like Jesus did with Lazarus, raising the dead by declaring life into dead situations. I believe this is the day uh, that the saints of God will rise up and begin moving in power and signs and wonders and in miracles, moving in the power of God that is available to you and I right now. Right now. Look, at uh, Jesus was teaching his disciples prior to raising Lazarus. And uh, in John chapter 9 and 11 and verse 9, it says, If anyone walks in the day, this is a little bit after raising 
or, or a little bit before raising Lazarus, he said, if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world, which was Jesus. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. In other words, I only walk in the light and not in the darkness. Therefore, I see a greater, brighter picture than the attacks of the local haters in Lazarus's village that, will, that want to stone me. My eyes are filled with light. I'm walking in the light. I'm not walking in the dark. Therefore, I can see only one thing, resurrection. I can see the plan of God. I can see the details of what God is ready to do. Uh, and the disciples, Lord, they're going to stone you if you go there. And Jesus simply looks at them and says, I cannot see that happening. I cannot see the darkness because I'm walking in the light. The only thing that I can see is Lazarus being raised from the dead. Lazarus is just sleeping, and I'm going to go wake him up. And I want you to notice something. His words start lining up with his prophetic decree of faith. Uh, The picture inside of him is what he's declaring and decreeing prophetically. And the disciples don't see it, which is why their speech was not words of life and and hope. They were saying, if we go there, we're going to get killed. If we go there, we're going to get stoned. We're going to get beat to death. So the point I'm making right now is this. We're called to call those things which be not as though they already were. If your mouth doesn't begin to speak what God has said in your heart, you won't see it until you correct your speech. When the doctors told me my heart was dead, I said, no, my heart is alive. They said, you, you, you've lived all you're going to live. You can't live anymore. I said, no, I'm going to live and not die. They said, your heart is dead. You, you have most of your heart uh, is dead tissue. I said, no, my heart is alive. Two days later, they said, we just did another scan of your heart. And what we found out is your heart is only sleeping. It was hibernating. And somehow it woke up and started working. (laughs) Listen, some of you need to take a fresh look at the situation you're facing and begin speaking life and life only. So back to Lazarus, the disciples say, if he's just sleeping, let him sleep. And Jesus has to explain plainly to them, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. So you will learn this lesson on believing and doubting Thomas. He says, great, let's all go over there and die together. He's still walking in darkness, stumbling. Listen, Thomas will always be around. You'll always have Thomases around you. But you cannot let the doubters get in you. And that's what Jesus did. He didn't let them get in him. He didn't let their negative words become a part of him. I believe that we are in a time of resurrection power being released in the church. And like Jesus, you have to see the light. You have to walk in the light. And whatever is fading out or dying in your life, get before God, our Father, Get his word on the matter. Get in prayer. Get serious about things in your life. If it is not supposed to be removed from your life, then call it back and call it back to life today in Jesus' name. And we're talking about resurrection power. 
resurrection powers within your authority in Christ? Is there something in your life that has faded or died that you know uh, from God this thing was supposed to live? Maybe a relationship or a wayward child or, or, or that needs to come back to the Lord or a business challenge or a schooling or a uh, financial blockage or a, a, a degree that you were pursuing and doors shut or something like that? Or, or is it a physical ailment uh, and you're just accepting that and you're going to walk with that limp from this point forward? No. Or maybe it's a job difficulty. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you today to write it out. Write it in your journal or on a piece of paper uh, write the promise of God from his word, or even if you have a prophetic word on it, write it out and begin to, to decree life. Begin to declare the word of the Lord. This is what God said. And when the devil comes and says, hath God said, you can say, yes, this is what God says on the matter. Now, devil, I'm crushing you under my feet. I'm not allowing you to talk to me anymore. I will not let that get in me and bring darkness to my understanding. I only want to walk in the light. Begin to decree life. Begin to speak life. I believe many of you, as we walk through this Passover season and then beyond Passover all the way to Pentecost, which is 50 days, and I'm going to do a message this Sunday uh, called 50 Days to Change Our World. And I believe this is a word of the Lord for the church. I believe if you'll begin to speak life, you'll begin to decree life and get God's word on the matter, it's going to come back to life. Whatever the situation is, it's going to come back to life. Resurrection life. You have resurrection life in you. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body and anything in the natural around you. You, you have the authority of Christ to speak life, resurrection life. Practice resurrection power. Practice it. Grow in this grace from God. If Jesus did it, so can you. I'm going to say that again. If Jesus did it, so can you. Everything Jesus did, he never pulled upon his own deity to do that. He did it as a believer, the man Christ Jesus. So he became the prototype. He became the example for us. He's the firstborn or the prototype among many brothers and sisters in Christ. If Jesus did it, so can you. <clears throat> you know the rest of the story of how Jesus goes back to Bethany. He finds Martha. She has doubts about Lazarus, but Jesus said, your brother will rise again. She says, I know on the last day he's going to rise. He says, she says, nevertheless, I know you're the son of God, and whatever you ask God for, he'll give it to you. And Jesus says, that's agreement. That's all I need. Jesus says, roll away the stone, and they roll the stone away. Some of you need to roll away the stone. Take a stand of faith and begin to speak life, speak life, speak life. And Jesus calls Lazarus forth. Now, we can read beginning to end and see uh, how the result of that. But just imagine Jesus standing before an empty tomb, I mean, a, an open tomb that stinketh, that it says. And he's calling Lazarus back to life. 
I could tell you of two other times when God used me to raise the dead. Uh, and I'm telling you the truth. God is not limited. Roll away the stone. Take a stand of faith. Be bold. I don't care what the stench is. I don't care what the doctor's report has said. I'm living proof. Roll away the stone. Be bold. Be rock solid in what you're saying and decreeing. Some of you are about to experience a sudden change in your situation from death to life. Today, you have the power to do that. Today, speak life. This is real. This is not religious fanaticism. We are surrounded by resurrection life. Amen. The principle uh, in this word of God uh, that we believe, it, it works. This is the principle that works. Martha and Jesus agreed, and resurrection power and life was released. This is resurrection weekend. Are you ready to see a sudden change from death to life? Get ready, because God is going to show you his power. Amen? When this begins to happen, I want to encourage you to write us. Share your testimonies with us. Don't just complain about being in a test and do a lot of moaning. That's not what a testimony is all about. Pass the test, overcome the moaning, and speak life and experience the testimony. Amen? Whatever you're believing for, like Jesus, declare Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Amen? You know, I love the Word of God. I love the power that is released when we declare the Word of God. Whatever your Lazarus situation is, get God's Word on the matter and declare, Lazarus, come forth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to personally thank those of you who continue to sow into this prophetic ministry. Thank you for standing with us here at Speak Life. We're grateful for each one of you. Uh, You know, you make it possible for us to continue to bring cutting-edge prophetic ministry week after week right here on Speak Life. So thank you for that. Now, if you want to sow a seed or help to help us continue to release the word of the Lord to the nations and the word of the Lord to you, there are several ways you can donate. You can text any amount to the number 84321. That's 84321. You can also mail in your offering to P.O. Box 1822, Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. That's P.O. Box 1822, Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. There's also a link in the comments section if you're watching on social media. Or you can find a link on our church website, lifepointchurch.cc. I also want to thank today's sponsor of Speak Life, Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell has the MyPillow company and my store, MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Let me tell you, Mike is a great American patriot fighting on the front lines of this nation for America the beautiful, fighting for our freedoms. So I want to ask you to please check out the products available at MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. And when you're there, use the promo code Marty, my first name, Marty, you'll receive the deepest discounts available on your purchase. If some of you prefer to call, you can call the number 800-859-2938. That's 800-859-2938. And remember to use the promo code MARTY. 
This is one way you can support both Speak Life and support the patriotic work of Mike Lindell and get some of the greatest products available made right here in the USA for your gift. Amen. So thank you for tuning in to Speak Life. Be sure to tune in next week for more great ministry and great guests. I have a very special guest planned for next week. And you don't want to miss this one. Some of you are listening to this on our podcast. Number one, please take a second and subscribe to the Speak Life podcast. If you are blessed by this, leave us a five-star review. And thank you for sharing this with others too. This helps us, helped us out a lot. For those that are listening to the podcast, don't forget you can watch the show live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and on Rumble. If you'd like to help us get the word out on social media, you may do that by following me on Instagram, Twitter, Truth, Getter, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble. My handle on all of that is at Marty Layton, at Marty Layton. Again, you can find the Speak Life podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Charisma Podcast Network, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you again, and remember to keep your spiritual eyes and ears open because God is always talking, and God wants you to be speaking life. Amen? We'll look forward to seeing you next week right here on Speak Life. God bless. Thank you for listening to Speak Life with Marty Layton. Please help us spread hope and share this podcast with a friend. Join us again as we speak life into our world. Thank you.